Alright you guys, what's up? Welcome back to Deja and Tandu. My name is Jessica Davis and this is episode 11 discussing what to do when everything falls into place slash reintroduction. And I wanted to add that little bit of reintroduction because the first time we do anything, it's never going to be exactly what we want it to be. And I feel like I've had to learn that the hard way. I I remember that I listened to my first episode when I like first started this podcast probably at least 20 times. I had recorded it at least, I don't know, four times, four, four to five times. And I was like, yeah, this sounds really good. And it was actually terrible. <laughs> like now in hindsight, looking back on it, I feel like it's actually terrible just because it was 100% scripted and... It was very, I mean, it was honest, but it wasn't really like myself. Myself in the sense that I was just reading, you know what I mean? It didn't have a whole lot of like personality behind it. And now like when I record episodes, it's like I type notes, but it's kind of just to keep me on track because I like get distracted really easily. But um, so... I didn't want something to be completely scripted, and after doing this for a little bit of time now, I decided what I want it to sound like, and so I was like, I'll just redo it. So, um, I saw this quote a few weeks ago that that said something along the lines of, every first thing that you do is going to be shit. So, like... Every first 5K that you run, every first blog that you start, any first um, when you start a new job in the beginning, it's going to be shit, right? Because you're learning how to get your bearings, you're learning how you want to do it, you have this idea, but it's never, it's difficult to execute and be satisfying enough or like make you happy enough or be exactly what you want it to be. So... We have to keep trying and we have to keep adjusting and adapting and tweaking to figure out exactly the way that we want it to sound and exactly the way that we want to portray our message, right? So I feel like I had to get my bearings in and I had to get a feel for this whole, you know, podcasting thing and make sure that if it was something I actually wanted to pursue and like continue doing that this is you know, where I want it to be and this is what I want it to sound like. So completely unscripted and new. Hi guys, I'm Jessica. Uh, It's wonderful to meet you all. Thank you so much for listening, for the people who have been listening since episode one. Um, Even though I know this is only like episode 11, um, it still means a lot to me. It's very like, it shows that you're being supportive. It shows that you give a shit. It shows that, you know, you want to hear what I have to say or, like, you're looking for meaning in something that I'm saying or you're looking to resonate in something that I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, you're looking for that validation or that kind of, like, you're looking for that... What's the word I'm looking for? Solace. You're looking for that solace. And I hope that you can find it in something that I'm saying or something that I've said over the last, you know, 11 episodes. Um, I'm married. I will be 27 here very shortly. I just tell people that I'm 27 because honestly, I don't want them to know when my birthday is. (laughs) I'm one of those people who like, I don't like a lot of attention on me. 
And um, so I don't tell people when my birthday is. Just, like, one day I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to start telling people I'm the next year older because it's nobody's business when my birthday is. And I don't want everyone to, like, bombard me on my birthday with, like, comments and praise and stuff like that because it makes me feel super uncomfortable. So I will be 27 here in a few months, very shortly. Um, California raised, Southern California living right now. I did spend the last 10 years in Oregon. Um, it is a very beautiful place. It's amazing. I would move back there in a heartbeat, not the exact town that I was living in, um, because I had a lot of difficulty there. I don't agree with the societal environment hundred percent. I don't like a lot of the people that live there. I don't like the way things are run. If I could live in the town that I was without the people, I would immediately. <laughs> the town is just too small, honestly. It's like bordering on 100,000 people, and it just is like not my vibe at all. <clears throat> I would probably move to Portland or, you know, somewhere on the coast. But yeah, absolutely. Oregon is amazing. It's a little cold, but it wasn't anything I couldn't adapt to or tolerate or handle. So... Southern California is all right. I wouldn't say that it's like my, you know, perfect spot. I feel like I belong somewhere in the South. Um, Like I loved Florida. I lived in Florida off and on for about two to three years. I would say actually for about two years off and on. Um, And then I spent a year in Austin, Texas, spent some time in Louisiana and um, the Carolinas And I just love it over there so much. South Carolina, like Charleston is so amazing. It's very comparable to Bend. Well, okay, I was trying to avoid saying that. But it's very comparable to Bend, the town in Oregon that I just spent the last 10 years. Um, Except it's in the South, which is like, I just get so like giddy even thinking about it. I just love the South so much. So I realized that the town that I was living in was not sustainable as a as an environment for me to continue to grow in. I feel like I did enough damage and enough growth at the same time in that place. And so I was done. You know what I mean? Like when you hit that mark and you realize that you've taken everything that you can from a certain circumstance and that it's time to move on. It was kind of like I had hit that point with, you know, with Oregon uh, or with this town specifically. So um, I moved, and um, now here I am, and it's really weird to to be here and actually like feel like I'm making a dent in all of my goals and like you know, like I was living on my own there, but it just is so different here, like being away from all of your resources and being in a completely new place, and you have to like not only adapt, but you have to adapt like so quickly you know, because you don't, I don't have friends down here. Uh, I mean, I definitely have acquaintances. I have, it's so weird. I have people that I went to high school with down here that are like hitting me up on Instagram, like, Hey, we should hang out. We should do this. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. I haven't seen you in 10 years. Like, that's amazing. Let's hang out. But I'm working two jobs and I'm going to be going back to school soon. And it's like, I just am too busy even for myself. So I've already discussed my childhood a little bit in, you know, previous episodes. I've discussed my parents. If you want to get more into that, you can hear episode two in dealing with anxiety. My parents, you know, 
I don't want to say they like gave me anxiety, but they fucking did. <laughs> um, they definitely like created a lot of circumstances and a lot of um, a lot of unnecessary anxiety. It was really difficult. My relationship with my siblings, I am close with one of my siblings. I have four brothers and zero sisters. And I'm close with my oldest brother because we grew up together, just us two. And he's my half-brother. He's my only half-brother. And that's not true, actually, now that I think about it. He's been with me from, you know, from the beginning of my birth, though. So he's the one that's, like, seen everything and, like, been around through everything and stuck with me through everything. And he's always been, like, my rock. And I actually just found out that Christopher, my brother, and his wife are pregnant, which is amazing. I'm going to be an aunt for the first time, which is awesome. Yay. Shouts out to Christopher and Caitlin. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. I never wanted to have kids of my own, and I still don't, even at almost 27. Um, I think that it's something that you're kind of like born with that notion or born with that intuition that like you want children and you have that like you know maternal vibe or that maternal instinct or you know that maternal longing rather um I've never had that (laughs) I'm a very you know nurturing person but I've never had the desire for children I like hanging out with them I like playing with them excuse me children love me but it's just not one of those things where I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to be a mom. I'm like, in reality, I'm like, okay, my dog is enough. <laughs> um, I have no desire to be a mother. Kids are cute and stuff until they start crying, and then I just feel really sad, and I want to give them back. Like, I have zero desire to be a mother. And on top of that, we are so overpopulated, and there are so many children in this world, you guys, that don't have homes, and you're just repopulating and, you know, re you're creating more when we already have more than enough. And I get it. Like my husband wants kids and he, his, um, his justification for that is that he wants something that he created. He wants something that has his blood in it. And he, you know, he wants something that has his name attached to it because Well, I don't want to say he's selfish, but it is kind of a selfish thing, you know? It's it's kind of selfish to bring another human being into this world when there are already so many. And so many that need love and so many that need homes. And you are just basically telling them that they're not good enough because you want something with your blood in it. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. I just feel really weird about like... Plus, I think it's kind of like... And I'm so weird in this mentality, you guys, but I feel like it's like creating an alien inside of your belly. Uh, It's so gross. Uh, Yeah, it's just like not something that I would ever have the desire to do. (laughs) So I moved around a ton when I was younger. Um, Not that I was in a military family, although my dad was in the military when he was younger, but my mom and my stepdad moved around a lot because my stepdad was always chasing that American dream. You know, he was always chasing a better job. He wanted to provide more for our family and he wanted to like, you know, he wanted to always be the best that he could be. And he always was on the hunt and always, even still to this day, you guys, I'm not even kidding. He's always like, 
So I have this job, but I'm still sending out resumes and I'm still doing this and I'm, you know, in cahoots with this person and I have an interview with this person. I'm like, dad, you're making a lot of money and you're like happy at your job and you have wonderful benefits. Like, when is that going to be enough? And he's like, oh, but this guy is like telling me I could get this. And, you know, he's just like always on the hunt for something better. And it's been really stressful for our family, um, you know, growing up because anytime that we moved, you know, which would be pretty much every two years, um, I would say two to three years. I went to three different middle schools. I went to three different elementary schools. I went to two different high schools. Like it was a lot of moving. It was a lot of changing friends, changing environments, changing weather. It was very stressful for all of us kids. And, you know, and, and then on top of that, like he's got kids from other women also. So it was, it just is really difficult to stay, and I quote, like close to your family. I've never, people talk about like their cousins and their second cousins and their aunts and their uncles. And like, I don't really have that. I just have my immediate family because we moved around so much and I never really got like that close to my stepdad's family. So Um, that was always really difficult for me, you know, growing up. What I wanted to do, uh, as far as a career when I was a kid was I originally wanted to be a teacher for a little bit. I'm not really sure where that changed. I think it was like being in school. I fucking hated being in school. I loved the academic part of it. And I always like, anytime I would go to school, I was feeling like I was learning things and that was amazing, but it was always the dealing with the other fucking kids. I never felt like I fit in in school. I never, it was really, really hard for me to feel like I fit in anywhere. I was always kind of the outcast and I spent a lot of time alone and that was fine with me though. You know what I mean? Like I'm a very independent person and I always have been, but it just was, it was hard for me to make new friends because I was moving so much and I never really knew how long these friends were going to stay my friends. Like, you can only keep so many, like, long-distance friends. You know what I mean? So that was really hard. Um, I always ended up having, like, one best friend and one boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it may be, wherever I moved. Um, So something had eventually changed, and I think it was around high school time where I decided I wanted to be a nurse instead of a teacher. And... um, through that, I was taking um, classes at the hospital when I was in high school. And I was, as soon as I got out of high school, I was a caregiver. I did uh, medication aid. I worked in the oncology department at Chasa Regional. Uh, I've worked in a couple Alzheimer's facilities. Um, that's what I wanted to do. I was going to go to school. You know, I was going to fucking be a nurse and I was doing all these things and I was making moves. Or so I thought I was making moves, you know. Um, and then shit hit the fan and life happened and I let my my addiction get in the way of a lot of things and I procrastinated school and I procrastinated a lot of things and it was really hard and I got in a bunch of legal trouble and being a nurse now is kind of out of the picture and it's not I don't have any resentments towards that I feel like because life happened the way that it was supposed to happen and if I was supposed to be a nurse then I would be you know what I mean I think that I had to go through what I've been through to be where I am today and 
I look at it as a perfect example of life kind of directing me to where I belong because like I often say you don't have to know what you want you just have to know what you don't want and I thought that I wanted to be a nurse and you know that's not what was meant to be so about three months after I got sober I started going back to school Um, I got like a year and a half in before I had to I was forced to take some time off from school Um, because of some legal situations and it felt so good to be back in school and to be learning things and back on that academic grind you know it it felt like I was getting like validation for all of the times that I had put off school and made up these excuses like it's not important and I don't really need it and I don't know what I want to do and I don't know you know, what I want to be because I was bitter and resentful for not being able to do what I had wanted to do. Um, But going back to school and like getting sober, that whole experience in itself was teaching me what I actually wanted to do and what I actually have a passion for. And so without that experience, I wouldn't have learned. So it completely hit me after I got sober and I was reading this book called Under the Influence. And, um, I don't, I think the book is in a different room than I'm in right now. It definitely is. Um, I can't, I don't know who the author, who the author is. It's, um, 100% science-based, but it's called Under the Influence. And it basically goes into the science behind how alcohol and other chemicals or substances affect the brain. And it's so amazing. And it completely shatters the theory that addiction is a choice. And that was one of the huge things for me when I was getting sober and going to meetings and thinking that I could find, like, you know, solace or support in meetings was, you know, people tell people were telling me that addiction is a choice and you can just stop whenever you want to. And I was like, you're full of shit because you don't know what you're talking about because I can prove to you that addiction is not a choice, that it's a chemical imbalance in your brain, and I have it, and that's why addiction has superseded any other choice in my whole entire life. (laughs) You know what I mean? So reading that 100% made me be like, yeah, fuck the world. It kind of made me feel like me against anyone who ever told me that I was wrong or anyone who ever told me that that addiction is a choice I was kind of just like hey look at this fuck you fuck off (laughs) you know what I mean uh so learning about stuff like that and chemical imbalances and things like that made me further interested into the way that not only substances affect the brain but the the way that food affects the brain and uh beverages affect the brain So with life happening and finally feeling stable on my own two feet without a crutch, I'm back in school and I'm in a place that I enjoy enough to uh, get my bachelor's in nutritional science. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going back to school for. I have one job that I absolutely love 100%. It's um, this cute little fucking local bakery in La Mesa. And, um, you know, I have a passion for doing that and like learning that. And I pretty much have a passion for learning about anything I don't already know. 
Because I feel like some people think that they know everything and then that makes no room for growth. So I stay very humble and very like, um, very real with myself. And I say, look, there's a lot that I don't know. So anytime that I'm learning something, I'm like open to it. Anytime I'm like, I want to learn something new. I become passionate about it until I feel like I've got a good, good hang of it. You know what I mean? What am I trying to say? It's kind of like my dad used to always tell me jack of all trades, but master of none. That's how I feel like I am. Um, I know a little bit about a lot, but not a lot about any one specific thing. Except maybe alcohol. I do know quite a bit about alcohol, but that's just from working in jobs and being an alcoholic. So what are you going to do? So yeah, so I have that job that I'm totally passionate about and I love and it's challenging for me and I'm happy and grateful in that. And then I have my other job where... I've been working in bars for so long, like six years and seven years. And, you know, it, it's so easy for me. And it, all you have to do is be good with people. And they just give you money. <laughs> Literally, like they just give you money. So, you know, that job basically pays my bills. I have a job that challenges me. And then I have a job that pays my bills. <laughs> Without stripping, that's amazing. Uh, So, yeah, you know, you kind of have to find a way to balance that. I don't work. I mean, I work a lot, but I wouldn't say that I work, like, you know, like 80 hours a week. So, that's pretty nice. I do work a lot of doubles, hence why this is now Sunday coming out this episode instead of Wednesday. Like, I always try to, and I always feel so guilty. Wednesday rolls around, and I'm just like... Well, it's fucking Wednesday, and I don't have an episode, so that's cool. I'm fucking busy, and I'm tired. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. I'm out doing life. I'm so sorry, but I'm out doing life. So, basically, the question is, uh, what do you do when everything falls into place? You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy. I'm sober. I've got stable income. I've got a dog and a husband I love. My place, the place that I live in isn't amazing, but it's definitely, like, safe. It's definitely, you know, again, stable. It's a stable environment. You know, the beach is 10 minutes away from where I live. I can't complain about that. Um, And I'm moving again soon because we actually found a a nicer place, um, even closer to the beach. So... You know, what do you do when everything falls into place? And the literally the only thing that I could think of is to just be grateful and to just be humble about it. I feel like people have this complex and I definitely know that I used to be guilty of this, this like this fear of what to do when things are going too well. Like if you're in a job that's going too well or you're in a relationship that's going too well, you like have this self-sabotaging kind of notation or, you know, mentality. And it's like, things are going too well. Why? Something bad is going to happen. And then you kind of like manifest that, right? You manifest that something bad is going to happen. And then it does, of course, because you manifested it. But you have to learn that things are going well, but they could go even better. Things are going well and they could be even better. And that's success. And... 
I took this class in Bend that was talking about the, the way that happiness is correlated to success when a lot of people think that it's the other way around. They think that I have to be successful because that's what's going to make me happy. But in reality, being happy creates success. And I feel like now that I'm in these environments and I'm happy with my jobs and I'm happy with, you know, being back in school and being so close to the water and, you know, being sober, it's like that is happiness and that is success. And I feel like I'm being successful in what I'm doing because I'm reaching my goals. I have, I set goals all year long. Um, I just saw this thing the other day that was like, there's only, you know, five months left in 2020, like where are, what are you going to be next year? What are you going to set for your new year's resolution? And it's like, I've always had this theory that if you're truly goal oriented, you will create goals all year long. You shouldn't have to have one new year's resolution every new year. Do you know what I mean? You're only going to make, I don't know, what's the average lifespan, like 80, 82, 85. You're only going to have 85 goals in your life. Why? When you could create four goals in a year or, you know, you have little goals and then you have big goals. It's like you have to stay goal oriented because you have to keep growing. We have to keep growing. We have to keep adapting. I know a lot of people relapse when they have that that fear complex of things that are going too well. And I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people who, you know, worries so much that I'm going to relapse. I have definitely come close to relapsing in the last year, if I'm being 100% honest, but those were extenuating circumstances and they're not something that would happen all the time. And I made it through without relapsing. I'm not one of those people that succumbs to fear. You know what I mean? We, we are strong enough to make it through this. If I can do it, you can do it. I say that all the time. I find things to keep me motivated every single day, and that's probably one of the best pieces of advice that I could give to anyone who's procrastinating something in your life. Find your passion, love what you do, discover yourself, set new goals for yourself constantly. You will be surprised with what you can accomplish, even with restrictive boundaries. Trust me, I've had restrictive boundaries for the last... Oh, I don't know. Six years? Five years? maybe five years I've had restrictive boundaries just because of legal circumstances. You know, if there's a way you can do it and you want it badly enough, you will find a way to do it. I told my husband that all the time. If you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. And I 100% believe that. I wanted something bad enough and I made it happen. And that's, that's where I am today. Uh, so in writing notes for this episode, it clicked to me. So I always sign off with, Stay motivated, stay humble, because that's exactly what I am, and that's exactly what I hope for all of you guys also, is that you stay motivated and you stay humble so that when you reach all of your goals, you're not you know, wandering around and be like, okay, what now? You, know? you stay hungry, you stay goal-oriented, you keep going, you find the next best thing, and you reach for that. You know what I mean? So even in saying all of this and being so incredibly busy, I was, I was searching for not self-help groups because I kind of don't like that connotation. Self-help groups, it sounds like, like you need help, which 
you know, on the flip side of that, like we all need help, but there's a stigma against self-help groups and it sounds like you're weak, but you're not weak. We all need to improve. So I was looking for improvement classes. Let's call them that. Um, and I came across this DBT skill building group and I signed up for it because it's a five week class. It's only like once or twice a week and it's for five weeks and um, couple hours and it should be amazing. The It says uh, DBT skills training groups are for clients who would like to cope more effectively with intense emotions, addictive behaviors, and or relationship struggles. DBT skills are taught to reduce self-destructive behaviors and learn more adaptive ways to manage painful emotions. These skills include mindfulness, interpersonal effectiveness, emotion regulation, and distress tolerance. Who doesn't want to learn about that kind of stuff? You know what I mean? Like we can only handle what comes to us in our daily lives so well. You know, we can't do things in a new way or in a more healthy way if we don't know how to do them. That's why we get stuck in these like cyclical, you know, ruts of just doing things and like having the same outcomes because we don't know any differently. So like make the move, set the goal, keep reaching out, stay hungry. You know what I mean? Do these things that will make you a better person. I promise you that you will find happiness in that. And you'll be like, damn, I feel so satisfied. I feel so accomplished just in yourself. You know what I mean? So I guess that's it. That's all I really wanted to say. What do you do when everything falls into place? You stay humble. You stay motivated. Uh, I hope that this episode came out 10 times better than episode one, (laughs) because episode one was the worst. I can't even listen to it now. Uh, It's just so, I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Why am I like this? (laughs) Uh, Okay, so if you guys like what you hear, rate, subscribe. Uh, review all of those wonderful things. You guys can find me on Instagram at Deja and Tondu Podcast. Again, my name is Jessica Davis. I hope that you have enjoyed, and I will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, sometime. Maybe not Wednesday. I don't really know. Probably Thursday because I think it's my day off. But yeah, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.